Hello and welcome back to episode 9 of Down Under the Ring. I am your host, The Warship, and I'm joined as always by Finn McAwesome. And we have got a huge show for you today covering the WWE news. That's right. We've officially decided to split the podcast into two different parts to give you twice as much podcast in your working week. Today, we've also got a guest on board too, Rich Baker, renowned graphic designer to the stars of wrestling. We'll get to that in a little bit. But to begin with, Fid, how you doing? Good, good, man. It's been a great week so far. Uh, a few surprises in the last week that we're going to get to in a little bit. But also, this past weekend, I went and spent some time watching some pro wrestling locally, and it was awesome. Got to watch ex-WWE superstar Orlando Jordan take the championship in all-star pro wrestling. Yeah, fun show. Yeah, excellent. Very good to hear. For me, all I've been doing is training like a psychopath, eating food that probably is nowhere near enough as much as I should be eating. And um, yeah, just really trying to push the whole on the way back deal at the moment. And also I'll add continuing to bully me to make sure that I'm working out as well. (laughs) I did. I did definitely send messages this week saying, oh, you go to the fucking gym. Uh, <laughs> because it's good. Yeah, look, just before we uh, started this show, we got the message of, hey, I've checked out what we're talking about, blah, 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 blah. And I had to tell you, hey, I'm at the gym at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? I was like, hey, can we get on and talk? You're like, I'm at the gym. Fuck. Yeah. Uh, all right. So today, as we said before, we've got a special guest on. We'll get into that just in a second there but I have to say as one of my very good friends met through content creation would not have had a good time anywhere near as good a time if it wasn't for him so I'm really looking forward to getting you to meet him and all of that as well yeah let's let's snap into a slim gym and we'll get on to the conversation with Rich Baker <laughs> hello how are you doing there mate welcome in hello Shippy. it's good to see you again my friend how's it going hi Fid. nice to meet you hey good to meet you dude I guess we got to start with a how are you and who are you because we really need to get that off the ground first. Yeah, so how I am is full of cold and sniffing. <laughs> yeah, I sound like shit. But who am I is, my name's Rich Baker. I've been a wrestling merch designer for multiple years now, since uh, 2018. And I'm also a content creator on Twitch under that rogue raven. And generally just, yeah, someone who enjoys producing and creating content. Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful. And so we met originally through our mutual friend, Gino Gambino. And you you came into, essentially came into my conversations in my streams. And you told me a really amazing story about the life you'd lived in wrestling. Obviously, my story is different to yours from a performer side of things. But I think it's really cool. And I think we should definitely get around some of the people and some of the work that you've done as well. Now, I've got a list here that you've given me, you know, people from Cody Rhodes to Kevin Kelly, Chris Bay, Killer Cross, Karrion Cross, Katie Lee Birchall, as well as working on the Retro Mania wrestling game, uh, which I think is super, super cool. So why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on all of that? Yeah, sure. So Cody was the first person I worked with in 2018. And to get to that point was a very interesting story. I was working with a good friend, on a brand called Smack Talk, not to be confused with Smack Talks, which is the known YouTube Or Talking Smack. 
or Talking Smack, which is definitely ripped off from both of us. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so it was a podcast where I would work with him on creating what-ifs. So we did a what-if Marty Jannetty had superkicked Shawn Michaels scenario. Oh, um, shit. And he yeah, was yeah. a comic artist, very talented comic artist. Mm -hmm. So he did all the artwork. I did the editing, producing, effects work, and voiceover. Put it all together. We stuck it on YouTube. And it was doing all right. And I enjoyed it. He enjoyed it. Then basically September of 2017, they announced Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho for Wrestle Kingdom. And yep. I, in my infinite wisdom, thought, hey, wonder how much a ticket would cost. Looked online, found the tickets. Oh, that's cheap enough. Bought one. Then realized that I had a ticket to Wrestle Kingdom. I'm not anywhere near Tokyo. And so the adventure began <laughs> of trying to get a hotel booked, flights, everything to go to Tokyo in January of 2018. I flew out New Year's Day. <laughs> and yeah, that trip changed my life. Um it's funny you say it because I literally was talking to my wife about buying tickets to this year's one because nice. we're talking about going over there for Christmas. And I was like, if we're going to be over there for Christmas, we may as well stay for another week or so. Absolutely. It's, you've got to do it. If you've never done it before, Wrestle Kingdom is magnificent. It's yeah. phenomenal. I, I, I've never done a big stadium wrestling show. When they had the WWE one here in Melbourne, I was busy doing work with another gaming brand and all this sort of stuff. So every time there's one comes up, I always miss it. So I'm like, shit, I'm going to be in the country. Might as well go. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely do it. It was an experience like nothing else. It's so well produced too. So like Wrestle Kingdom is a long show. And yeah, we never left our seats the entire time. No toilet break, nothing. It's just... Well, that tells you the quality so of the show, good. right? It was brilliant. And that was the one, obviously, with uh, Omega Jericho. You had Naito versus Okada in the main. Um, I think Cody was facing Ibushi. Uh, or was it? No, it was Tanahashi, I think, for. Yeah. Um, uh, arguably, this is around about the time where the seeds are being sown for AEW as yes. well. Yeah, and that actually plays yeah. into how this story goes. We ended okay. up meeting quite a few people while we were there mostly after new year's dash the next day and that's yep. where i met kevin kelly don Callis, loads of them and after the show we were hanging around outside to meet some more people we spotted bullet club through the window of tgi fridays and they're in like yeah. a private booth at the back so i just turned around and go they're not going to kick us out if we go in and eat so we all went in and eat and we sat and had the longest meal of our lives like i was nibbling one fry for five hours or whatever it took in the end, I'd so I'd met Fat Ass Massa a few times during the trip, and he and I yeah. struck a rapport. So he came out, and I was like, "Ah, oh, Massa, he's like, hello, my friend." And I was like, "Can we, you know, would it be right to get some pictures with the guys?" He's like, oh, don't know about Kenny and Cody, big famous, but others not so famous is okay, you know, sort of thing like this. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so we end up getting pictures with Brandy Rhodes, a couple of the others, and then it was down to there was Kenny. Cody, the Bucks were left and we're hanging yep. around and the staff are trying to kick us out and Massa goes and has a word with them and we think that he was like, no, they're my friends, they're fine. So yep. we then get to meet Bullet Club or the Elite and we get pictures yep. with them and all this. That then led to a question from Cody to all of us, which was, are you all in? And we hey. had no idea what that meant Jeez. at the time. But this is January yeah. of 2018. They knew then what they were yeah. going to do. And 
the rest yeah. is history. But yeah, from that meeting, Cody was then wrestling in Portsmouth in the UK for RevPro. I met him mm -hmm. again there, and I took him the design that became the launching pad for what I did. But to do that wow. design, I had originally asked my friend to draw it because I had no confidence in my own ability. He was away on yeah. holiday with his wife. So I'm like, if anyone's going to get this done, it's going to be me. So I had to draw it, and I spent two weeks refining it and then took it to him, loved it, and that launched it. You see, I told you it was a good story. That's I told a... you that it was worth having him on for it because, yeah, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> that, that's insane. That's wild. That, yeah, on the off chance you bought a ticket and it all leads to the kicking off of this. And this goes to show, like, how just making moves for yourself, you never know the ripple effect that it's going to have on yeah. your career, well, that, right? that ripple effect is evident here because, like, and I've said this yeah. to Shippy before, if I hadn't made that decision to go to Tokyo randomly, in 2017 yep. wouldn't have met kevin kelly therefore yep. wouldn't have known gino because kevin introduced me to gino and through gino i met shipping and now yeah. we're here and, and and it's also betting on yourself as well by going yeah i can do this yeah 100 percent. i mean that's the and there's so many stories there's so many stories in pro wrestling that start with taking a bet on yourself and just going out there and doing it yeah it's the whether holy it be, holy thoughts of all in was that yeah, 100%. And it's whether it's pro wrestlers or I've heard the same story from people who are commentators now who said they just turned up and were like, yeah, I've got a good voice. I can call matches. Give me a shot. Yeah. Uh, and it's led on to them being amazing. And yourself as a dude involved in the merch scene, it's fucking, it's a sick job. It's something I love. It's also like a, Sorry, man. a very underrated job as well. It's a job that often goes uncredited because the people who work on merch, especially for the people who are, mm. you know, the bigger names, the ones who have no idea what they're doing, it, it, it's such a unsung hero role to have because, you know, I know so many wrestlers are like, I don't know fuck how to use any Photoshop or anything like that, but I really want this design. So yeah. being able to have that there is really important, I think, and should get more credit than it does. Yeah, a question I have for you is when this happened for you, was it commonplace for people to be getting merch from people outside of the merch industry and getting designers and stuff to design their own merch for pro wrestling tees? With, I mean, with pro wrestling tees, they have in-house people. So you can, yeah. if you are of note, I presume you can get them to do it for you. Like, obviously, they'll charge... That's going yeah. to be easier for companies like AEW because their merch is pretty much designed through them. I think, I think they get other people to do it as well. One of the dead, I think, does it. I'm trying to think of names, but generally speaking, a lot of the time it's what Shippy was alluding to. Like most of the guys on the indie scene don't know where you get your merch designs from unless people are advertising that they're merch designers. A lot of the Absolutely. time it'll be Fiverr, it'll be you know wherever. The thing that I was doing, which, and I was very lucky in who I was, you know, working with and became friends with, like Kevin Kelly name dropped me during a New Japan pay-per-view. Yeah. Which was That's huge. Because, and I said at the time, like, you don't hear the names of who did the NWO shirts or the Hulkamania shirts or the, you know, the most famous wrestling shirts going that everyone buys. Yeah. You don't know who designed them. So to get your name dropped as a designer is massive. 
Yeah, I was going to say where I was going to with this is it seems to be becoming a lot more common practice now with a lot of the big stars where they are getting their merch made or they're finding amazing fan art and utilising that and uh, sharing those profits with the the artist who created it and t- happened to tweet it out and stuff. And a good example of that is Don Callis using Mel Coleman's art over the last few months. You know, she was just a fan who was putting out amazing artwork and he's gone, hey, I love it. Can I use it on the show? Yeah. That. And now she's got literally the most expensive T-shirt ever sold by Pro Wrestling Tees. Don Callis's new shirt's like $105 for a T-shirt, I think it is. Yeah, it's And it's the most Don Callis thing ever, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's got to be done. <laughs> like, and the thing is, it fits. Yeah. You know, it fits the gimmick. It yeah. fits everything. But her art is phenomenal. I follow her on Twitter. Oh, is it X or Twitter now? What are we calling it? Yeah, whatever oh, we're calling it. Twitter. Whatever we're calling it. Bollocks to Elon, Twitter. Um, so, <laughs> unless he's a sponsor in which case X is great um, but yeah. I love X <laughs> so much follow my X no that's terrible he, he so, doesn't own a podcast network yet good stuff but yeah no Mel is amazing her art's phenomenal and I yeah I follow her on there I'm so pleased to see it too I do that about AEW they are more willing to take on independent artists and have yeah. that freedom of creation whereas other companies are much more in-house and i can say that from first-hand experience of dealing with them yeah not to name companies but there's very much no you would never no, no, no. but there's a i'd never drop no. a name but no there's very much an in-house we design it because then we own it and we don't have to pay someone yeah. else sort of mentality and it makes sense you know if you don't want to outsource it that's fine but i do like that with AEW, where they're willing to take a chance on people yeah, I mean, I genuinely think uh, AEW signed Danhausen because he's a merch moving machine. Mm-hmm. But a lot of his merch is exactly that. It's amazing fan art that he's gone, hey, I'll share the profits with you, we'll put it on a T-shirt. Yeah, and Danhausen's an exact example of, of what we're saying. Like He's phenomenal for that. Very yeah. much of the fan-led mindset, you know, where it's like, mm. I'm not going to let this national televised thing or internationally televised thing go to my head i'm going to remember where i came from you know be level with it and i love that and that's i'm a huge mark for dan housen yeah, but all you have to do is watch his youtube stuff to know that he hasn't really let it get to his head he's still hanging out with the same guys he was working at the movie theater with three years ago yeah he's brilliant you know? absolutely brilliant and I'll, I'll say this for cody too because despite mm-hmm. how big cody is and he is huge in wrestling He's arguably one of the biggest well, names. I mean, to quote him, he's right? gone from undesirable to undeniable. Exactly. He has always been fan centric, and he didn't yeah. have to give me the time of day. You know, I'm nobody no. from nowhere, and he's. Have you spoken to Ryan at Pro Wrestling Teaser? No, I, I don't know how to even do that. And he's like, tweet me, and I'll sort it out for you. And he set the whole thing up. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to do that. Awesome dude. No. I will yeah. always have love for Cody. Always. So he's a man of his word. Yeah, that's dope to hear. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and I don't think I've ever heard anyone, like, even professionally say a bad word about the guy anyway. <coughs> yeah. I think there was a bit of heat no. when he moved to WWE from AEW because obviously that's the hardcore of the hardcore getting angry. But, like, you can't blame but the dude. that's fans, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that would be mainly fans who are oh, getting yeah. angry. I imagine the people behind the scenes were like, yeah, go get that bag, bro. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that you'd have to be a real fucking asshole. To sit there and say, hey, you know, fuck you for going to the biggest wrestling company in the world and getting the fucking bag. It would have to be a real special piece of shit to say that. 
Oh, exactly. As for me, from my point of view, as a wrestler who has always made their own merch and done their own designs, it's a little bit different. But at the same time, when you are a designer in the wrestling world, there becomes a certain allure to getting a design from you. You know what I mean? Like from the person that that is doing all the cool shit. You know what I mean? Did you experience much of that? Like people just coming up and saying, hey, I saw what you did with this. Can you hook me up? Yeah, it's going to sound really arrogant, but I never had to ask people if I could do work for them, with the exception of one person, which was Mikey Whitbreck, who I saw a tweet oh, yeah. where he was going through a lot of medical expense. And yep. I felt horrible for him because I loved his work in ECW. I think the guy's amazing. And I, so I, I just tweeted him and I said, hey, I've worked with quite a few people. You know, I'd love to do you a shirt. You don't have to pay me. Just anything you make from it, just put towards your medical expenses. Because I just feel like we, as fans, should give back in that way, you know? Like, I know we 100%. give a lot as, you know, we buy tickets and watch the show and all this, but there's a mm. personal element, a human element to this that's missed. 100%. It's when, especially when these guys get to a certain period in their career and they may not be getting looked after by one of the big companies, if we can help out. And you, it's, I think it's awesome what you did. I mean, it's it, really, it comes from, like, when you watch Resurrection of Jake the Snake, and you see what he went yes. through. And I love Jake and always yep. did as a kid. I thought he was amazing. And to see the horror thought, of what he I went was, through. I was always terrified of Jake the Snake when I was a kid. <laughs> it was his promos though. Like that voice where it's just it was, like, it was exactly Oh my that. God. He was amazing. unnerving. Maybe I'm weird. But I just loved his work. I always took a lot of sort of interest in what he was doing because he wasn't the the ultimate warrior he wasn't Hulk you know he wasn't shouting his promo he was just speaking it I was just about to say everyone else in the 80s was yelling and doing this and that brother and mm -hmm. it was all about intensity whereas I think he got intensity but he did it by being different and slowing down and every single word mattered yeah and it's confidence mm -hmm. too like when if you know if you're loud and brash like that's loud and brash you know is it a mask for yep. something like a lack of confidence are you afraid that you're not able to back it up so you have to be loud jake didn't need to do that jake's just hey nah. i'm gonna be and here's how i'm gonna do it da -da 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 -da. and it's just yeah. like this yeah. beautiful delivery and it was confident and i yeah. love that because i was not a confident kid so i looked to guys like yeah. him to your sean michaels is to your bret hearts like i didn't I liked Hogan, but I mean everyone did. You know, all you, everyone. If you if you were a fan in the eighties and you say you weren't a Hogan fan, you're a liar. Right. But <laughs> my main dudes were Brett, Sean, Jake, yeah. Savage. I loved those. Owen. You know, all of the guys that weren't necessarily your biggest names at the time. I just fell in love with those because they were the ones I wanted to watch because they were the good wrestlers. You know. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I was a fan of boobs and milk. And it's funny because almost all the guys like that I, almost all the guys that I loved in the eighties, have all ended up being super problematic. Oh jeez. Oh yeah, you're like your Scott Hall and your Jake the Snake Roberts, and yeah, I feel it. I yeah. understand it for sure. I, I was a massive Jimmy Snooker fan. I think it's because <laughs> growing, up in New, growing up in New Zealand in a Polynesian yeah. environment, it was a Polynesian dude who was. You know, top of his game, and he arguably was killing it. 
That's a shoot. Excuse me. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make light of that. Allegedly. Yeah. Alleged. But yeah, no, I I totally understand. And even Sean, you know, mate, he loves drugs. And you know, like <laughs> I was a huge was a, I was a huge rockers, Mark. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like, obviously wrestling's a different time, a different place. You know, the stories about the boys going out to uh, a bar after the show and just doing fucking lines of blow off a hooker's ass and stuff like allegedly. that. Like, all of that yeah. stuff is <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. But it's all the infidelities and it's all the drinking and all that other stuff. It was the way of it yeah. then. Thankfully, everybody has grown the fuck up since then. But... There, yeah, it, it was the lifestyle. You know, Ric Flair is the way Ric Flair is for a fucking reason. And oh. it's the lifestyle that does it to you. So I'm really, for one, as a wrestler myself, I'm really glad that we're not in that world anymore yeah. because it's not sustainable for anybody. And, you know, it ruins lives and ruins marriages and all of that stuff. But I definitely, yeah, a lot of the people that I grew up watching as well have fallen into that same trap. Before we go any further, this show is brought to you by OG Nerd. OG Nerd represents the gamers, the cosplayers, the collectors, the model makers, the tattooists, the artists, and the athletes. They are not just a clothing brand, they are a subculture. OG Nerd revel in their halcyon youth and embrace the lifestyle driven by nostalgia, humble beginnings and heroes og nerd strives to offer quality comfortable and above all stylish streetwear apparel inspired by a lifetime of gaming music and street art i've worked with og nerd for many years and find their apparel second to none in terms of quality and appearance whether it's at a wrestling show or a convention you'll be hard pressed to find a better armor for your rig get yours at ognerdlife.com yeah i guess we want to have you here for this because I don't know how long you're here for, mm-hmm. or how long you're keen to stick around for, but we do want to get a little bit of thoughts on our, our week of wrestling. Yeah, of course. And we've got, I'd love to get your reactions on things. So the very first thing, very important thing. Now, obviously, Fid, you wrote this. I know you want to say it. I want to say a little bit of it too. But we Go have to it. talk about that huge return, right? Massive, huge return. Samoan dynasty legend, Nia Jax coming back. What did you think? <laughs> He's went gone. Silent. The room went silent. We've killed him. <laughs> You're asking me? I'm like, I can give you my unfiltered opinion on this. <laughs> do do really then give it. us the unfiltered opinion because I think we're all going to give our unfiltered opinion when it comes to Naya. Okay. I'm not going to go down the route that is the, the low-hanging fruit route where it's like, oh, she injures people and this and the other because that's not fair of me to say that because I've taken one bump in my entire life. Actually, it was about five in a training session. It sucked. So anyone that gets between the ropes has my respect immediately, straight up. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who it is. You know, whether I'm a fan of them or not, they have my respect. The yep. problem I have with it is, and actually Stevie Richards did a very good video on this on YouTube analyzing it. It's the way the spot was booked. And I the thing that I hated the most was the paintbrushing rear. That yeah. felt like an insult to everything that Rhea's done and built up her legacy as a character and her work in ring and everything. 
and the fan this monster hype. yeah and she, and Dyer just waltzes back in hi slap you know and just how awful mm -hmm. the Banzai drop was in the corner too like where she lets go of the top rope and just lands fully on top of Rhea and just <laughs> literally and figuratively squashes her it's okay cool this is where we're back to is it it's day one of the uh, tko holdings takeover and you fucked it already <laughs> sweet yeah um yeah when it comes to the the low-hanging fruit you know everyone to address it you know mm. everyone thinks that she's a dangerous wrestler and there is some evidence out there to prove that what i will say though is naya has been away for what two years now <laughs> I believe it's two years, maybe even longer. And I do know from what I've seen online and from what people have been saying, she's been away training as well. She hasn't been not working in that time. I'm willing to give her benefit of the doubt that you know she is going to come back as a better wrestler than what she was before she left. And hopefully, you know, if she was the dangerous wrestler that people claim that she was, she's learnt some lessons, learnt how to be a safer wrestler because you know, it's something, from my understanding, that some training's going to be able to fix. And if she has spent the last two years in the ring with the right people, she may be amazing now. Yeah. And look, for me, for my low-hanging fruit, mm -hmm. I'm going to keep it really short and simple because I, again, you're right, with the respect for wrestling thing, I, I'm not going to address anything until I see more, honestly. Absolutely. But my low-hanging fruit has got to be my whole. That's it. That's it. That's the story. Because at the end of the day, like, you can't, you cannot take Nia Jax's body of work prior to this and say that's all there is because I've come back from injury or from being away or there's this massive period of time. We've been watching some of the wrestling, Fid and I, and actually as well, Rich as well, on in, in our offline time. And I was a fucking horrible wrestler for the first, like, six years of my career. So... As much as I would like to shit on anybody for it, I can't. And I wouldn't want to either because we all walk different paths and sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get there. So, yeah, look, again, anyone who's coming back, cool. I'm happy to see that. If they're going to put the work in, even better. And I guess we'll just kind of see where it goes from here. Yeah, see, my problem is very similar to Rich, right? Is I think the booking of having her come in and destroy Rhea I don't think she was the right person for that spot because she the reaction she got wasn't either of the two reactions you'd want to have from the fans, right? You either want people to be super stoked that you're back and shocked or you want them to be angry that you're back and shocked because you're a threat, not because you're not the person we want. Right? Okay, but then as a side point to that, who else has the strength... Who else has the physical presence to do what happened to Rhea? Nobody, so, right? I, no. So I do. I alluded to this before we came on the air. I've got dream booking on how they should have done this if they wanted to. Yeah, your turn. Yeah. So if they were going to do the, we want to put a threat in front of Rhea, which look, I think the stage in her run, it's good to have a threat put in front well, of her. She needs one at this point. She's right? too dominant. The thing is. If the rumours are true, they may have just signed the right person and they should have waited a few weeks. Yeah, okay. Well, this is a good opportunity to jump straight into that, Dan. You do your fantasy exactly. at the same time. Rumour has it Jade Cargill is jumping from AEW to WWE. It's expected that she'll be joining the roster 
imminently. Apparently her contract has finished up, but it's not a end of contract. She hasn't negotiated it. It's just over, done. We've got enough evidence to prove that it has happened as well, apart from the rumours that we've all heard. Everyone's heard it, but there's just small things as well, like AEW did not tag Jade in any of the tweets from Rampage over the weekend. If you go back and have a look on Twitter, they just mentioned her by name, didn't bother tagging her. There's other things like she's removed AEW from her bio. AEW even screened the curtain call moment from the end of the match, which wasn't expected. I don't think anyone expected that to actually get screened, but they did. And I think it was a very clear, Jade's done with us, she's going. I genuinely think if you'd had waited a few weeks and you bring Jade in on the main roster... And there's also a really good argument that Jade should probably go to NXT first. But if you bring her straight to the main roster, you get that shock and awe of, hey, we know her. She's from that other place. And she's just come in and destroyed our biggest our biggest star in the women's roster. Instantly, you've got an impressive, good-looking, strong woman coming in. And she's got a great pop. She's got a great moment to kickstart her career in WWE. And you can continue her with that dominant run, essentially, that she had in AEW. I think you still have to book her protecting her, you know, essentially giving her the Goldberg booking. But I think you would have got a angle there where both people would have actually got something out of it. We've got a threat to Rhea. And Jade looks like a superstar. I guess the only problem with that I can see is you are doing what AEW does, which you are letting the people know that, yes, we watch the other show and she's really good there. And it, it almost feels a little bit like they're promoting AEW in that sense. Yeah, I, I can see that argument. But, I mean, if you're going to be paying good money to bring a star over from there you want to make sure they look like a star you don't have to you don't have to say hey she's from the other show just let the fans have that conversation look yeah you're right you're right at the same time though again I will go back to the fact that I think that Nia Jax physically should go on a tear from here mm-hmm. absolutely and I don't think that there's a much better way to debut other than to, to fuck on the champion. Didn't have to be Rhea, but because she could have shown up on SmackDown just as easily and done the thing. But in saying Rhea is the most dominant star right now in the women's division. Yeah, so if you want to go for anybody, you want to go for the biggest dog in the yard as well. Yeah, I can see that. I get it. I get it. But hey, I think that's pretty much wrapped up there. So I guess the next thing to talk about is... Let me do my best one of these ones. Finally! We finally got him. We finally, after fucking years, it feels like at this point, finally got the rock back. How do we feel? Oh, look, it's nice to be back in 2012. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, I was watching that show and I genuinely, that was what I was like, uh, my reaction at first was like, I'm watching an episode of SmackDown and we have The Rock and John Cena in prominent positions on the show. Yeah, it was, like, it was wild. In 2012 was when we had the once in a lifetime, right? So, What do you think there, Rich? Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love seeing The Rock back? And God bless SAG-AFTRA for their strike. Eh? That's uh, allowed, <laughs> allowed him the yeah. time to actually come and do this. 
Oh, look, the only other person we've got left to bring back to the show is Batista because he's I'd out of work that. as well. Can he be, can he be Blue Tista? I would be so happy for that. Please be Blue Tista with your nose ring. Oh, yes. Let's yes. get I Triple want, H I want back that. In the, No, actually, his heart won't take it. But uh, Poor Triple at least That makes me sad I every know. time I think about it. Oh, my God. But do, do you want to know something even more sad? Is uh, you remember the, uh, what is it, evolution, mm. right? How sad is it that the last person that was an active wrestler from evolution was Ric Flair? No, I don't like that. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that at all. I mean, you say active <laughs> and wrestler. <laughs> I watched that match. Oh, look, he. For morbid curiosity and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Look, if you if you found time to have a sleep during the match, can you still call it a match? I didn't know Jeff Jarrett was such a good puppeteer. <laughs> right? <laughs> this is incredible. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, I think I'd lose my mind if we got the fucking coming on the thing. I would lose it. I'd be like, oh my god, it's Batista. Uh, that being said, with the Rock. I think it was a really good pairing. It's not what people have asked for yet, but I think we'll get there. I don't think we'll get thrice in a lifetime, like people are saying on the internet. Nah, that's but, not um, <laughs> It makes zero but, sense there. Yeah. Use them for what they can do for each, for everyone else, not what they can do for each other. You so. want to know something the, crazy? The thing is, though... You want to know something crazy? Yeah. We could get Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 40. Oh, no, don't say that. Don't call <laughs> no, Austin Theory Austin. No, no. <laughs> no, not Austin Theory, you dickhead stone cold. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> and say that, I, I did tweet the other day, though, that The Rock has been sitting at home, he hasn't been working, and he's been watching Raw and SmackDown, and his own daughter is in a cult on NXT. That didn't bring him back to the show. His family in the bloodline is having massive issues. They're falling to bits. They're having infighting. They're fighting each other. That didn't bring him to the show. But the moment Austin Theory started to have a go at Pat McAfee, that was his, this is too far. How very dare you. (laughs) (laughs) Good old Pat. Yep. Good old Pat. Honestly, it was a good segment. The Rock can still fucking go. That's one thing I will say. Watching the way that he sold, watching his strikes, watching the pine buster, the people's elbow, it's like he's never lost a step. He's 51. He's never 51. Years old. Jesus. No, he's 32. I was going to say, fucking hell. Yeah, no, no, he's a 51-year-old man and he's moving around like he's in his 30s. And... He obviously, you know, he does take his vitamins and he does say his prayers, but he is in phenomenal shape. I can see him having any of the dream bat matches that we want. He could easily do the thing with Roman at this point, physically. He could. Oh, 100%. And I would be so in for that. Let them strike a bit longer. I don't think we'll get it because I think that they'll probably stop the strike before we get where we want to be. And when you're the highest paid actor in Hollywood, chances are you're probably going to take that bag as opposed to the wrestling bag. Yep. But he looked like he was having a fucking great time there as well. Do you, do you want to hear my cynical marketing point of view on this? Do it. For anyone listening, I work in PR and marketing as my day job. And it wasn't until later on in the day where I really sort of sat back and had a look at what happened on the show. And WWE, this whole thing, was a masterclass in what we call diversion PR. 
which is essentially you've got some bad news that's happening and you want to divert away from it with some positive PR. We all know that the TKO merger happened on Wednesday and what they did was they strategically chose Friday to be the day that they told everybody, don't come into work, we're going to lay staff off. They laid off a heap of staff from the office, um, mainly people from um, the digital team and the production team and all that sort of thing. Um, but on a normal news day, right, that would have been the headline. But what they did was they booked an episode of SmackDown that was already stacked. It already had a women's title match. You already had John Cena in a segment with our boy. And then you went and added to that by having a surprise return of both Pat McAfee, which got a pop on its own, and then Dwayne. Coming out of that episode, nobody was talking about the layoffs that have happened in the office. Everyone was talking about how awesome that episode of SmackDown was. Like, Have a look at the wrestling news that day. Nobody's talking about the layoffs. Not at all. Speaking of our boy, I know it's an incorrect order here because we have to touch the other one shortly. But hey, welcome to this week's LA Night segment of the week. Let me talk to you. What the fuck are they doing? It's a bullshit. You have The, the Rock <laughs> on television and you don't put LA Knight in a segment with him. What the fuck is wrong with your brains? 100%. Here's my question. What is... Do we actually think Austin is the star that WWE think he is? That he is the guy who has had interactions with Cena? He's had interactions with... The Rock? Who else has he been put in front of? Basically every returning superstar over the last three years, right? And you've got LA Knight right there. Massive missed opportunity to have LA Knight and The Rock go toe-to-toe on the microphone. And essentially you've got the guy who people have accused LA Knight of ripping half of his gimmick from anyway. But it would have been amazing. You've already had we've already had Cena put LA Knight over. It would have been amazing to have Rock essentially do the same thing. And you could have played off the whole gimmick that they did years ago of, hey, I remember you, weren't you on my TV show? Just very frustrating. Bobby Lashley, Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, Drew McIntyre, Brock Lesnar, Cena. It's just, there's is everybody. That, and now, is that everyone that Austin has? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Most of the list. And then, you know, The Rock. It spins me out. And honestly, to not have LA Knight, because LA Knight, although we do have to talk about the LA Knight thing as well. Hey, actually, Rich, what do you think of LA Knight? I love him. He's amazing. I've yeah. loved him. Yeah. Since his days yeah. of impact, I loved his NWA run. Shoes yeah, of a champion. Drake, you know, I, I love that shit. <laughs> it's, he's gold. Yeah, yeah. And the, he's, what's he, like 40-something, isn't he, I think? 39, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. He, he's getting on. <sighs> Fucking hell, I'm getting on then. But, um, oh, right. dude, I'm, 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 well, I'm well older than him, so we're good. But the, I'm a fucking spring chicken. There's a there's a, a phrase, and Shippy, you'll know this, and Vid, you'll probably know it too, the, there's only so many bumps on your card. Yep. Yes. And as you get older, those bumps run out. LA Knight, mm-hmm. as hot as he fucking is right now, needs every bit of push that he can get. Because oh, exactly. Jesus he's the, Christ, he's like, one of the biggest stars on the roster. Yeah. And you've only got a short amount of time to do something with yeah, him. Yeah, he's got a limited time. Yeah. Now, I, I don't dislike Austin Theory. I think he's good. But LA Knight would have been a much better interaction with The Rock, definitely. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. 
you know, the fact See, that I... they sound similar has been said, you know, their promo work is similar. Like, that duel would have been great. Oh, it would have been absolutely amazing. I Look, I'm going to absolutely disagree with you when it comes to Austin because I don't get it. And I'm a fan. <laughs> okay. Like, I'm is, not a wrestler. I'm not looking that's... at it from a wrestler's point of view. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, nothing that guy has done has I've connected with. I even when this, he was doing the heel run with the with Vince McMahon, hmm? it didn't get over with me. I was just didn't care. It's okay. the worst reaction you can I'm have gonna, as a I'm fan, gonna, right? I'm gonna spin you out I this don't one. care. You ready for this? So here's mm -hmm. my take on why it didn't work and why it could have worked, but WWE is the land of missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Austin Theory, with his selfie gimmick, with Vince McMahon and everything else, right? Have him mm -hmm. portray it like. I don't belong here and I'm going to make the most of every opportunity that I get because I know that my time's limited. I'm going to take a selfie with every fucker that I get in the ring with. I'm going to act like a supermark, right? Kind of the anti-Pat McAfee. So yeah. in that run up to that WrestleMania where you you had Pat have his match, with he, he had a match with Vince, didn't he, I think, that night? Correct. Yeah. When the run up to that, did he actually? Was it started, off, it started off. Started off with Austin. It was him yeah, versus yeah, yeah. Austin, and then, and then it, it ended up Vince. becoming yeah, Vince. Yeah, that's right. I was trying to remember because I was so dialed out of that. But basically, yeah, in the run up to that, you've got Austin Theory is the anti Pat McAfee. So Pat McAfee is beloved because he's a fan first and foremost, and he's good in the ring. You know, he's like everything that Austin Theory isn't. So you make Austin Theory that, you have him taking selfies with everybody, being so obnoxious, just being a super mark heel. Build that to the WrestleMania match, it then works, you know, because you hate the heel, and you're supposed to hate the heel. That's why it didn't get over, because they went half on it. They didn't go all in, to coin a phrase, on, a, <laughs> on Austin Theory being this dork heel. They just kind of did, eh, you know, maybe but they portrayed him as if he was something better than he should have been portrayed as if that makes sense oh and they made agree. the mistake of doing both things as well because they did treat him to begin with a little bitch yeah and then when he's now trying to evolve into this wrestler that people have to respect you still have it in the back of your mind that, oh yeah that's the little bitch mm. and it, it has detracted from him a lot and i think cena made that situation worse Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because Cena, his reactions and his return at the time, you couldn't have done it any other way than the way they did it. It just wasn't going to work. Well, he Cena, just came, him... Cena, when he came out and did the promo against him and basically said, you're going to come out and if I beat you, you're going to have to turn up to work the next day and essentially be the, you know, try and get over by yourself after that. Or I beat you and you're going to be nothing. And if, but he was, Cena's, what well, he said was absolutely right. And Cena's got a history of destroying people's careers by doing that sort of stuff. I've always said that a Cena feud is poison for any up-and-coming talent. Oh, 100%. Yeah, we get into a Cena feud and I'm afraid I've got some bad news oh. because that's what happens. And yeah. it happened to him too. Hurts yes. my soul. Uh, it happened to him too. My boy. Look how they massacred my boy. My boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and look, it's true. As much as we love him and his, his contributions to wrestling are undeniable, I don't know if you want to get into a feud with Cena if you're trying to come up. Mm. No. It's a I think if you're established, yeah. it's the one. It's you know. But again, same thing can be said. It's the same 
We had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. It's the same thing. When he fucks with you, it's the same as Lesnar. When he fucks with you, he give you the world. Yeah, exactly. And, and, he, it, and he showed that the other day with uh, LA Knight. Yeah. LA Knight, like we, we said at the end of the other one, that after the match when LA Knight and him are talking on the ramp and he's, you know, I'll whoop your ass too. Like that, that, that whole like, and then Cena's like, kind of hesitant to shake his hand and everything and they yeah. were both kind of going back and forth and that was good that was a real respect torch passing kind of moment there it was I, I just think they could have done a lot more with The Rock with LA Knight in this situation but to say the next thing the LA Knight promo and Bully covered this on Busted Open as well and I kind of agree with him when it came to reactions for the night when LA Knight comes out and he says let me talk to you I could go for any title. It doesn't matter if it's Rey Mysterio. It doesn't matter if it's Gunther. It doesn't matter if it's Seth Rollins. And it doesn't matter if it's Roman fucking Reigns. When he said Roman Reigns, the crowd were like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, like there was a real moment where they were like, oh, shit. Like, that sounds like he's aiming. And if he is, oh, shit. Because Do I, I don't want to see, <laughs> I don't want to see Cody, Cody lose the fucking story here. But there's something to that. Oh, exactly right. And but what title do we go for if it's not Roman? Because it's got to be Seth. It's it got to be Seth. Seth. It has to be Seth There's because he, you've aimed for everybody and pointed out the biggest dog in the yard. He is too far gone to go for the Intercontinental Championship now. Hundred mm-hmm. percent agreed. He, he has got. He's gone from having a little bit of a stiffy to just his head is dizzy. He has such a life-threatening fucking boner right now. He can't think straight. He can't see straight. It's time. (laughs) Because if you don't put it on him now... Yeah. And then he's just going to be a slobbering mess out the back. A sticky mess. A sticky, disgusting mess. Uh (laughs) But no, that's the thing. When it comes to LA Night now, like it's time to shit or get off the pot. It's really becoming apparent every single week. Yeah, uh, I for one, not mad at all. All right, the other big title. Since we're talking about titles, uh, we had the um, uh, Gunf celebration this week. Longest reigning IC champ officially. Is it time that we move him on, or do we let him have a tear with it? I'm a little bit scared. I don't want to talk. I feel like if I talk, Honky Tonk Man's going to come through my fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say let him run. I, he's, a, he's amazing. He's a monster. He's bringing so much to that title. and Exactly. It's the first time this title's been taken seriously in the modern era, in my opinion. I know Cody wanted to, and he made an attempt. But Cody was the last person I believed as the champ. Yeah. Would you say Jericho before that? Possibly. Considering all of Jericho's accolade when it comes to the IC title? Consi- yeah, potentially. Good, yeah, the, there was a good period with China, Jericho, and Jarrett. Mm. Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Gunther definitely is, he's a monster. And t- yeah. the only one I could see even coming close to dethroning him, they could do a really good run with him and Dijak. I think that would be insane. Yeah. Oh, I thought obviously. But, I thought you were going to say the Miz. Oh yeah, that's very good. <laughs> you know? I do. You know I love the Miz, and I'll tell you for why. He cut a promo on a really little-known online WWE video when they do their little social media videos of yeah, promos yeah, yeah. and shit. He cut a promo and quoted Pantera, and ever since so and he was in the Woodstock '99 doc as well. He was actually at Woodstock '99. Guy's a total metalhead. <laughs> and, I love it. Yeah, and he was at the 
He was at the Metallica concert this week too, marking out yeah. because if you ever look at his Instagram this week, it's yeah. all it's been is posts of him marking out at the Metallica concert. Brothers of Man, I can't I see it. that. He's a total metalhead. Like, I know, but look at him. I can't imagine him like I, I think, get in the pit. I think Miz is so underrated because who? how can you go from being so hated, not just by the fans, but hated by the locker room, to just working his ass off and becoming such a permanent mainstay on this roster as well. And to the point where he now essentially has his own division where, you know, you come to the roster and you start in the middle and then you work your way up to the Miz division, <laughs> the Miz card. <laughs> oh, the Miz up. card, get in. <laughs> yeah. But it's a thing. It is legitimately a thing. They might just had to work the Miz card before he gets his title reign. His title yeah. reign. Yeah. I think that's one Man, of the greatest things I've, I've ever I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> You've been speaking this whole time, and all I can imagine is Miz backstage at ECW, the One Night Stand event. Just like, can't you see I'm easily by the bumpers to stand? And just fucking rock it out to RVD's fucking music. I can just hear it. I can just see it right now. It makes me so happy and also so confused. It was I have so a confused. Good. You need to honestly, if you and this goes for your listeners too. If you haven't checked out this promo, it's Miz backstage. It's during his feud with Matt Hardy when he was still doing his broken gimmick, and yeah. he was. I'll, I'll paraphrase it at best, but he goes, "I'm not going to delete, delete, only restore, restore prestige to the whatever championship they were feuding over." And he goes, he says something else and he goes, I'm broken, inherit my life, and just fucks off. And then Bo Dallas, because it was still That's the Miz comes up and he goes, as Pantera dummies, and just they go. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest thing. So good. Oh, shit. And it was just online. It, so it wasn't even on TV. And it's, oh my God, you just wasted one of the best promos ever. Around about that time, though, was when The Miz was doing most of his best work yeah. off the main shows. So he also had that amazing angle he was working with Brian on Smack. Talking Smack yeah. as well. Uh, a lot of his work was offline. I'm pretty online. sure they said that was improv too. Like they weren't uh, We actually to... talked... To, yeah, we talked about this on the show last week. It was actually Daniel Bryan was trying to... Or Brian Danielson, what are we calling him at the moment? He was trying to get fired at the time. Yeah. He was legitimately trying to get fired at the times. Him and Miz, who apparently they genuinely don't like each other, but they decided to work this gimmick without talking to anybody about it. Tell you what, credit to the Miz's work and, uh, you know, how much he's grown. But CM Punk's now apologised to him. But, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know how hard oh, that apology is brings... to get. That's, that's not an easy one to get at all. I bet you're right about now Punk is thankful that he went and did that tour of apology that day uh, at Raw. Yeah, went around and said sorry to everyone. Holy shit. I posted it to the Down Under the Ring X account. It, it killed me. It was just a picture of CM Punk sitting in the pipe bomb but with Cody's face on it. <laughs> and say, and trust me, this isn't sour grapes, but the fact that Dwayne's in the main event of WrestleMania next year and I'm not makes me sick. That's so <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> that popped me when I saw it. Oh, it could happen. It could happen. Fucking hell. 
But first, while we're talking about news, let's talk about Pro Wrestling Down Under. Pro Wrestling Down Under is a fantastic source for Australian professional wrestling news and upcoming events, as well as all the latest top news from WWE and AEW. They offer some great exclusive content from interviews, opinion articles and insights from some of the top Australian wrestlers to make it to the big promotions overseas. PW Down Under aims to be a source of information for people looking to get involved in Australian professional wrestling with events listing, training school bios and news on the latest seminars across the country. So if you ever wanted to get involved in Australian wrestling, this is the place for you. Visit pwdownunder.com. That's pwdownunder.com. All right, guys. I hope. Last piece of WWE news we do have to get to because we uh, this show's getting getting on. Probably the biggest piece of news for us as a Australian pro wrestling or Australia and New Zealand pro wrestling podcast. Completely unconfirmed at this stage, but it's been the worst kept secret in the wrestling industry. But has started getting prominent coverage globally. There's potentially a big event happening down the road from you, Shippy. Now, are they talking a PLE? Are we getting the fucking rumble or something? Because I'm in for that. Like, I don't think we'll get the rumble. I doubt that. I think it would be more be so of... fucking good. Oh, I don't amazing. want fucking payback. Like, I, was... I don't want some shitty fucking like, second-rate one. Give me, give me a big one. I'll give you payback we'll, and call we'll... it Outback. <laughs> oh, no, they will too. Outback payback. But yeah, so we get... will too. By the sounds of it, it's going to be a PLE. It's going to be in Perth. What makes sense to me in my head would be, because it's an outdoor stadium, an open stadium, would be doing it in America's winter. So latter half of their year. Yeah. It's when they can't do open arenas. Oh, we could do Road Wild. Let's do it. And those always worked out well. Oh, they were always so good. The motorbikes around the ring, just yeah, the making crowd, loud noise the whole The time. crowd was always so into it. Yeah, they definitely weren't just a bunch of bikers who were pissed off to be there <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, no, all right, cool. But at the same time, like, I've been to a few PLEs, pay-per-views here. I was at that one you were talking about earlier, WWF Global Warning. Oh, that which... wasn't the one I was talking about. I was talking about uh, Super the one that they did. whatever it was. Yeah, Super, Super Showdown. Yeah, Super Showdown. Oh, okay. No, I was... So I went to Hulkamania and I went to Global Warning. And fuck, it's something else, like seeing like a big production pay-per-view because like they haven't done them to the same level since, I don't think. Yeah. Like all the ones that we get here are, you know, sort of second rate. Like it's a lot of the same matches you'd see that previous week on SmackDown and that's kind of it. So I'm really in for it if we get a proper fucking actual pay-per-view here. Like I want a real PLE here. I don't want like um, Return of the Undertaker, you know, like that. They did that here once. Like I, I don't want... I don't want that kind of thing. I want like an actual. It's going on the network. Okay, you know it's one part that, of storylines. You know one that could work. Genuinely lines up with the right time of year and everything. Mm-hmm. Survivor Series. That'd be sick. Give me Survivor Series. That would Survivor, be actually sick. Survivor Series is in November, where the weather is good in Australia yeah. in November, right? I mean, I'd be, considering what we're going to see at Survivor Series too, potentially, that would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, look, it's not going to be till next year. But I would love a Survivor Series. Open air stadium, it'll be the biggest Survivor Series in a long time. Oh, also, I know this is not on our list, but I have to flag it because I saw it the other day. The current speculation is leaning towards if Punk returns, that's where he'll return. What do you think? There was evidence towards that, right? He did the, he was doing commentary on a, it wasn't a UFC event, it was on the UFC network. 
technically he's already back with TKO. I know they want him back there for that too. Yeah, but yeah, he actually said live on air that he's got nothing to do until November. Ooh, shit. What do you think about that? It's pretty much a lock, isn't it? I mean, you know. Mate, that reaction. Holy shit. It's I, huge. It's I a risk. I, so this is the thing. I don't think it's a risk if they book it right. I think if they book him in to do Survivor Series through to Mania, don't lock him into a long-term contract because we know he can't see a year without causing trouble. <laughs> but like you have him do a really solid program with the right person through to uh, WrestleMania. And hey, this could be a really good program for someone like LA Knight. I mean, if, he, if he's coming back if in, not he should, gonna... go, should go straight into the Miz card. You know, just straight to the Miz card. <laughs> it no, it makes sense to have him feud with the Miz. There's no beef that they've apparently squashed, but it's a feud that can run. It gives them both something to do, and it keeps yeah. people like you know. Because if you put Punk straight in with Cody, or straight in with Roman, or any of that, it's I don't know. It doesn't feel right to me right i don't think that they would put him with cody because that's making far it's getting far too close to the sun with aew like you're alluding far too much to what those two were the guys doing. who it, left yeah but we, yeah. we are now back into a vince has final say era correct where nothing makes sense <laughs> this is true but look i think it'd be amazing have him coming at survivor series surprise arrival i don't know how you booked that survival that do you have it as a mystery fucking fifth member of a team or what i don't know ah that's fucking i reckon that's burying the lead too much you almost just need whoever's celebrating a match and then you almost need that i think he doesn't and, need to wrestle a full match there. And he it's just in Illinois as well so you know oh that the crowd's going to explode do you know what i here's how i book it right is so the PLEs on a Saturday, isn't it? Now they do them, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're a day earlier now. Friday night SmackDown, vignette, dark Chicago street alleyway, graffiti on the wall, and it's just a big X. And he just walks into shot. He'll see you at Survivor Series. Yeah, see you tomorrow. And done. Yeah. Yeah. The crowd would lose it their would, fucking mind. My God, it would go insane. And look, WWE is notorious for blowing their load way too early. I could see them doing that. I th the night oh, look, before would work. Yeah. Yeah, do, do it on SmackDown. Yeah, because then you'll at least get a few more buys before the night as well, and everyone's pumped and ready for it. The crowd's chanting CM Punk from the start of the night all the way through to when he shows up. Yeah. Because they're... they're like, that's almost a guarantee. The thing with WWE, they're a moments company. Absolutely. You know? That's what they've yeah. always said. They're a moments company. Whenever... You know, whenever I look at anything, it's always what moment are they going to generate? Yeah. Case in point, the rock and, turn, you know, or any of that stuff. And currently, we don't have anything on the cards which would be a moment at Survivor Series. I know we're like two months out from it, but it's there's nothing that appealing right now. <laughs> Where's yeah, this shit gone? Jesus. It is. I was, I'm just looking at the pay per views for the rest of the year, right? So we've got Fast Lane coming up, and shit, that's coming up fast. It's in like three weeks. Aha, uh -huh, Fast Lane, I get it. <laughs> um, and then we've got Crown Jewel over in Saudi. Um, they haven't announced that one yet, but it looks like it's going to be start of November. Uh, then you've got Survivor Series, um, which is, and then there's nothing until 
um, the Rumble in January. Why? Hang on a minute. Did you say that Crown Jewel's in November? Correct. Oh, no. You don't think? <laughs> no. <surely not>. <laughs> <laughs> we all think he's going to be at Survivor Series. He's actually just a one-off no. at Crown Jewel. Facing no. Goldberg. <laughs> You mean he's going to turn up at... What did he say about that? The blood-covered something or other? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, no. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. Shit, the threads are coming together. The great Carly said the other day that he's got one match left in him. Oh, fuck oh, no. it. So what we're getting <laughs> is... A Punjabi CM Punk. prison yes, match. Yes, that's where I was going. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> coming to the oh, PLE no. in the Perth whatever venue... <laughs> Outback. <laughs> I tell you what, I would sell one of my children to make if, if they have punk at Perth in Perth. I, I'm doing everything I can in my yeah. power to be at that. Yeah, you come in here. You go to sleep on my couch. We're gonna we're gonna do that shit for sure. Oh, look, uh, chances are I'm coming over anyway. But yeah, you can guarantee it if you've got punk there. I've been the biggest punk mark. For a long time. Um, yeah. Still not a fan of his recent work, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, That's good. All right. Coming up in Australia and New Zealand over the next month or so, we've got some amazing shows to get out and check out. Uh, we've got Newcastle Pro Wrestling with Shattered 2 happening at the Hamilton Station Hotel September 20th. Also, Warrior Wrestling in New Zealand have got Aotearoa Showdown. That's happening November the 11th in Takapuna. Tickets available at warriorwrestling.co.nz. And over the pond, we've got International Wrestling Australia celebrating 25 years of live touring with a huge all-ages pro wrestling event on Saturday, October the 14th. I never got booked in 25 years. That's fucking bullshit. At St. John's Park <laughs> Bowling Club in New South Wales. And place I did get booked is EPW. Explosive Pro Wrestling is back with Vendetta. The Invitational Tournament is going to be crazy. That's on Saturday the 28th of October. PWA, another place I got booked. Black Label <laughs> presents Coliseum 2023, Saturday 21st and 22nd of October 2023. Liberty Hall in Sydney with Zach Sabre Jr. rumoured to be on this. That's going to be a banger. If so, we love a bit of fun. And that's, a, that, that's a day before my birthday too, so I might have to go to that one. That's a fucking birthday present right there. <laughs> Wide Bay Pro are back on September 23rd at the Barolga Theatre to rise from the ashes. You can check that out. And All Star Pro Wrestling Australia are back in Padstow on November the 18th. All right, and that is it for this episode of Down Under the Ring. We may have Rich hang around with us for some AEW. We'll wait and see. But thank you so much. For listening, guys, thank you so much for being here. Hey, I hope you're doing really well today. And as always, until next time, we'll see you down under the ring. <laughs> <laughs>